0: May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our Rock. Ordinary time is that lectionary readings that are selected, or readings that are selected, are not necessarily thematically related the way they are in the rest of the year. Instead, we go this way. So, you heard a reading from 1 Samuel today, we'll work our way through the books of Samuel as well as Kings, in the Old Testament readings, and the Second Corinthians reading, we're going to work our way through 2 Corinthians, and then on to Ephesians. And in the gospel, we'll work more of Mark until we end up with some John. So any one of those Sundays, those things may not be related. But very early this morning, I realized that the four readings that were appointed for today actually provide a map for our journey during Ordinary Time. The first reading from Samuel. Samuel was a young man, a little boy, actually, probably, working in the temple, and Eli his older, the older priest took care of him and loved him. And as as we heard in the story that Rob read,
1: when God started
0: calling out to Samuel, Samuel didn't know what it was. He thought it was Eli, right? hear a voice of the night, there's only two of you in the house, there has got to be the other person. So he kept running over to Eli, say, yes, I'm here, what can I do for you? But Eli figured it out a couple of times and realized that God was talking directly to Samuel. So he told Samuel to go back to sleep and told him how to answer when God called him the next time. So point number one on our map. On our listen. Listen for how God is calling you to serve, whether you are young or not so young. And listen to those people around you, the people who care for you, because they have wisdom to impart. Oftentimes, others know us better than that. That's how it works with ordination. You can't wake up one day and say, oh, I've decided I want to be a priest. It doesn't actually work that way. The community of the faithful has to say, guess what? We woke up this morning and think that you might have to be a priest. So the first point is to listen and to listen in community. Then we get to our psalm, Psalm 139, and we hear the very good news that we are never We're never not known by God. God made our bodies inside our mother's bodies and God knows every part of us. The psalmist speaks to God with gratitude for this, except in verse 4, where she says, you press upon me behind and before and lay your hand upon me. So, sometimes that God might even evoke some frustration. I just
1: think it's important to note that. There
0: is no place that God is not. And 99% of the time that's comfort. But if we're honest, if we're honest with ourselves, there might be times when we wish God wasn't quite so observant. Right? Interesting question to ponder. But the second point is, we're not alone. God's never going to leave us alone, even if we're frustrated by that fact. Our third reading was a piece that Paul wrote to the early church in Corinth. And we know from the first letter to the Corinthians and from some background on this one that there was conflict in this very diverse and urban congregation. And that people were apparently challenging Paul's claim to be an apostle and challenging his authority. And those of us who know and love Paul know that, you know, Paul can be quite full of himself sometimes, right? So it's not a surprise that there could have been tension. But in this particular reading, he decides to change the story a bit. The wonderful phrase that I love out of this out of this passage that we all probably do. He says, we have this treasure in clay jars. We have this treasure in clay jars. That little phrase sums up the story of who Paul was and who we are as well. We are human, created by God from the earth from the first day when God created Adam. Adam. And because of that, because we're human, because we're created of breakable stuff, we're easily broken. We can be patched together as needed, and sometimes that works out better than other times. But yet, but yet, we are sufficient to be filled with God's light and love. The treasure that Paul talks about is the treasure of Christ's death and resurrection. That good news of the truth of God's reality lives inside our very bodies. Living this way and knowing all of this, Paul tells us in his letter, it's hard. He says, we are afflicted in every way, perplexed, persecuted, but not struck down. We have this treasure in the clay jars that are our bodies. So it is clear that any power we actually have comes from God. It comes from what God has filled us up with, that light and life. And not from our own efforts. God will through us. So the third point is remember that we're human. And God knows that The fourth point, when we look at the gospel, there's a lot in this gospel, just going to look at one little, the part where Jesus heals the man with the withered hand. When he does that, that healing is more than a physical healing. Because with his hand restored, the man can work again. The man can provide for his family. His dignity and his livelihood is restored to him. Jesus shows us in that story that working for reconciliation and restoration, in spite of the pressures and the narrative and the politics in the world around us, is what we're called to do. We're called to prioritize justice, working to give people hope. Where is reconciliation needed in your life right now? Who could you heal things with, unconcerned about whether it is the right day or the right time? What issues in our world keep you awake at night? And how could you do one thing, one thing today? To begin a process of
1: restoring justice and peace or dignity for another
0: person. This is the work of ordinary time. Listen.
2: give your mercies of compassion upon us, that all of
3: Junior and youth choir, the junior are the ones that you're seeing right here. The youth are going to be behind this. Yeah. Um, and we And uh, we provide them with gifts to help them in their journey and their ministry along the choir path. So the first year, The second year, we give them a book of common prayer. Um, prayer begins and ends every rehearsal, and they memorize the prayer for musicians and artists. You might want to refer to that in those dusty prayer books that are in front of you in the queue. What page is it on, guys? Page 819, prayer number 17. Page numbers, prayer number 17. And then, then we give, uh, the next year they get a hymnal, and following that, uh, a wonder the praise book, and following that, more resources, I give them a choral CD, usually the English wire. Um, I have to confess that one of the CDs did not arrive from Amazon, so um, only one of them will get it, but I'll announce common prayer was Elsie Ghetto, Savannah Glover, Giselle Nowzowski, and Sophie Sudham. longer than 40 years. But I asked them both to say,
2: Our great high priest, to fill with you and the Holy Spirit, your church is honor, glory, and worship, from generation to generation. Amen. And now.
1: In the name of this congregation, I thank you for Mary, the holy gifts that those who do not may
2: share with us the communion of Christ's body and blood.